94.3 The Game, WRHDHD1, Farmville, Greenville. Powered by the Ritchie Law Firm Injury Lawyers. Go to gotbrian.com. That's gotbrian.com. It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Hi there. Patrick Johnson with you in studio today. It is the uh, Patrick Johnson Radio Show here on 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com, and the IBX Media app. It's great to have you with us. Uh, we say hello uh, to our team today, it's Philip the Ref Pilkington in the Hizzle. Hello, uh, Mr. Pilk, the Ref. What's up, P-Man? How's it going? It's going. It's going. And uh, big uh, props and a big hello and a big shout out to uh, Jermon, our intern, intern Jermon here in the house today. We're going to hear from Jermon on here. A little, little in the mic, Jermon. little hello to Greenville. Hey, hey, everybody. There you go. Never sounded better, Jermon. All right. Uh, awesome to have you with us. Ladies, that's right. Jay Sunhalder will be on the show today. We'll uh, be linking up with him in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick today as well. Uh, an interview we did on our Media Day special, uh, which you can pick up at the IBX Media app, which is free for download, Google Play, and the App Store. It is free to download, and it is also commercial-free in the sense there's no pre-roll ad when you start the stream of any of your favorite IBX stations, uh, be it this one, 94.3 The Game, or Talk 96.3 and 103.7, or be at uh, 107.9 WNCT or Oldies Properties. Uh, you could stream uh, the music and the talk programming. We have uh, podcasts for the uh, Patrick Johnson Show, Hoist the Colors with Steve and I Go. We'll have podcasts for the Logan Show. The Logan Zone premieres on uh, Friday. Five o'clock here on 94.3 The Game and uh, the two talk stations, 96.3 and 103.7. Uh, we also have uh, Talk of the Town is on there on the archival uh, podcast, as is, uh, I think, uh, The Morning Rush. Or Mike and, uh, what are, they, are they The Morning Rush still? Mike and... Yeah, Morning morning Rush. Mark and Laura. Mark and Laura, yeah, yeah it's on there rush. as well. It's on there as well. Yes, it is. Look at Pilkington promoting things. All right, uh, nice to have you with us. Uh, we've got Sonny coming up. we got that Donnie K interview coming up. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in uh, with some uh, player sound bites from the other day. Uh, I'll tell you this, too. There's a, uh, uh, a press conference that's going on in an hour. That's uh, one of the ones that they do regularly during the regular season on Wednesdays where we hear from Coach Houston and we hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick and uh, Blake Carroll. So uh, that's going down uh, today at 6. We've got our uh, reporters on the scene, so we'll bring that to you in the morning on Talk of the Town, some sound from that and all of the sound uh, that we can bring you here on the Patrick Johnson Show coming up uh, at uh, – five o'clock tomorrow but right now let's get into our pirate report some uh of the players thoughts from ecu media day and now patrick johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ecu pirates 94.3 the game all right we'll just run down as many of them as we can here till we uh, gotta go to break to get sundog on but uh, we start with pirate safety julius wood who said it felt great to uh, get the final scrimmage in hit it 
Uh, it was a real good scrimmage. Um, today we got better. You know, uh, it was the last day, so you know it's just um, it's happy. You feel happy to be done with fall camp, knowing that you're going into pre, uh, going into the season uh, with a good chip on your shoulder and fully focused. And now that fall camp has prepared us uh, for this moment, uh, I feel like we're going to have a great season. Uh, we also hear from uh, Wood, who says uh, or tells us what uh, being a team leader has meant to him. I uh, started to develop uh, leadership uh, this year, and I feel like it's been a, a great asset to me because I feel like now that I can help others um, on their journey, it just helps me out too. So it just feel like uh, the more you try to help other people out, it's all beneficial to you, that person, and it's just it's just a great feeling to lead others, younger players in that same um, boat that you want to see them succeed, just as you want to see yourself succeed. So it's just a wonderful feeling to see them guys prosper and do the things they love to do. All right, and then he talked about uh, the Julius Wood Pirate safety, what he worked on in the offseason. I honed in on um, flexibility uh, with my body and then just uh, football IQ, and just learning the game more and more and more. Um, I feel like I developed uh, more speed and then I put on uh, more weight this year too. So I'm, I'm, this year I'm going to be playing at 202 pounds. So that's good for me. Uh, last year I played around 185. Um, I, do, I got more speed and more weight. So it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sight to see out there now. J.D. Lampley, Pirate defensive lineman. We've been hearing a lot of good things, haven't we, Pilk, about him in the uh, preseason. And uh, he talks about uh, he feels like his – Football IQ has vastly improved from year one to year two. Uh, I just feel like my knowledge of the game is way greater than it was when I first got on campus. When I first got on campus, I didn't, I didn't know nothing really about like what's going on behind, like behind me, where to look, like uh, before the play, what the key. I just feel like my overall knowledge of the game has grown a lot. And you know, this makes a lot of sense what he's about to say. The cut we're about to hear. You know, he talked about how he's. Feels like he's gained more knowledge, more football IQ. Uh, but Lampley has had because this is what the, how the Pirates are going to play. Uh, he's had to learn three positions, and he says that has helped him. I really know three because I played nose last year, and now I played tackle in the spring, and then now I'm playing in too. So that just makes it easier to know where everybody's supposed to go. So say like there's some confusion on the field. If I need to help one of my teammates, I could. Same for them to help if they need to help me. You know, I never thought of that, Pilk, that that is something that, uh, you know, all the versatility we talk about, guys can play multiple positions, and, and, and they also know where positions they have played are supposed to go, and it really helps. I mean, that's what, – what a concept. It's, it's so obvious it's genius, but, you know, I never thought of that till he said that. No, that is a good point. We're, we're seeing that some of this year with the receivers as well because Coach Kirkpatrick was moving the receivers around a lot in the preseason. And uh, so I feel like we're going to have a lot of position groups on the field this year that know multiple positions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brock Spaulding now to him, the uh, slot receiver, speaking of receivers, says he does feel more comfortable in this his second season in the program. I'm feeling good, you know, uh, this year I got the playbook down a little bit more, so, you know, getting that off my back, being able to play more naturally, it helped me a lot, and uh, just made this camp, like, flow a little bit more for me. Uh, Spalding on how he says he has had to evolve as a blocker in college. Most definitely. I think you have to uh, block a lot harder here, go really harder, strain a lot more, and uh, that's just things we preach in our room, and I think we try to emphasize that a lot. So uh, we do have great backs. They can run a lot. 
Javon, Ra, Martin, maybe the whole room, really. But, and blocking for them is just is a good thing to do because you know they're going to run. All right, uh, Brock Spaulding there. Here's inside linebacker Taylor Jackson. Says he's learned a lot from the guys that came before him. Honestly, I just say from just coming in freshman year, going off to the guys that was in front of me, Miles Bird, Xavier Smith, Bruce Williams, Aaron Ramsey, I could keep going. So, I mean, just seeing them guys and what they did good, what they did bad, just learning from them. I feel as though it just helped my game all around. I'm just ready to show what I can do. Uh, and uh, one more from uh, Jackson talking about uh, balancing the excitement but needing to stay focused with uh, number two Michigan on the clock. I feel as though we're kind of an older group in somehow, some way. I know a lot of people might not think that, but I feel as though we have a lot of leadership and a lot of people who've been in this situation before, so I feel as though we're going to lead and stay focused and stay positive. We're ready to go. All right, uh, to the offensive line, couple offensive linemen here we're going to get to, uh, starting with uh, Parker Moore, who says, uh, how guys knowing multiple positions will help the line uh, as a group. That's another case of guys have had to play a lot of different positions. Hit it. It helps out a lot. You know, if a guy goes down, you know, next man stands up where even one of the guys who are in the five can bounce to another position like myself or Hampton. And uh, I give credit to a lot of the younger guys that uh, stepped up throughout the uh, process of camp. And uh, they helped out in becoming uh, or having us have a bigger role in the whole line. I'm excited. All right, uh, more from Parker Moore talking about uh, leading by example. Uh, absolutely. Um, just excited to coach. Um, excited to you know lead by example. Uh, I don't really talk too much. I just show what I got to do on the field and things like that. And, uh, just communication is important. Uh, like I said, a big shout out to guys like Richard Pierce and Jacob Saker for uh, stepping up, you know, competing, you know, doing what they do best in the field. I'm excited for them. All right, uh, we turn our attention now to the center's position. Hampton Ergel has been one of the great stories, and uh, he talks about that communication with the quarterbacks and the center. Well, I came in with Alex, known him for four years, and I think Mason came in one year after that. So I've known him a while, um, played with Alex on the scout team for a while, and that was good. Um, but, you know, we meet together. We all have the same lingo. So if we see something and they see something different, we're all some communication at the line. So if they want to take it some way, they take it another way, and it's good. All right. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Jack Powers, and uh, Devon King. Why don't we hear one from each of them, Pilk, before we go to break? Why don't we do that? Um, let's see here. Excited to see how the guys transition from camp to game prep. Deontay Johnson, hit it. Starting from the beginning to now, we definitely made a lot of progress. And I'm just excited because we got a bunch of new faces, guys flying around. Like I said, they're coming to work every day, ready to learn, ready to get better. So I'm just ready to see how this next week, like this was the foundation, but I'm ready to see how we prepare for like a game week as a whole defense. Uh, and then Jack Powers, edge rusher, on uh, how he has progressed heading into his second year in a pirate uniform. I think just uh, being able to fly around and play faster. You know, when I got a better grasp of the defense, it allowed me to play faster. So I think my biggest step from last season to this season is just the knowledge of the playbook. Uh, really allows me to be myself out there and not second guess myself and just go play. All right, and uh, Devon King, uh, let's play. Uh, 
42 here, Pilk, on the Vast Soundbite roster where he talks about special teams. Uh, and he's still going to be involved in that despite having a bigger role on defense. Oh, I'm going to be on a mix of both. I want to stay on special teams. I'm a big you know, special teams guy. I love kickoff. I love flying down the field, running down the field, making contact. That's how you start the game. Special teams got to set the tone. But, yeah, I expect to play a lot on defense and still be on kickoff. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for today's Pirate Report. We're going to talk more about ECU football. We're going to talk more about uh, some Week Zero matchups. And we're going to talk about uh, Michigan with uh, ESPN Plus college football analyst Jay Sonhalter. Sonny's got a couple of assignments to start the season. He's also going to be working with me on Friday uh, in the triangle market for uh, Friday Night Rivals. So we'll get into all of that, uh, the Pirates and more, with uh, one-time ECU tight end Jay Sonhalter right after these words. Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the happy hour program. Here's the P-Man. Yes, it is. And uh, I'm the, well, we're actually going to go to the happiest guy I know. Right now, joining us from uh, Parts Unknown, IBX Media alum got his start right here. Uh, some people get their start and uh, move on to bigger and better pastures. Lots of people have through this company. Some come back like I did. Actually, very few do. All right, here is uh, here is Jay Sunalder, friend and uh, longtime broadcast colleague. Sonny, the first of uh, regular appearances during the college football season with uh, the great Jay Sonny Sunalder. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, buddy. How do you like my background here? I got my door and a plain wall. I'll try to improve for you next week. Yeah, I see you've got uh, that there. It's very, it's very, uh, what's the color would you say? Is it opaque? What would you say, Bill? Probably Pilko? opaque, yeah. It's, okay. probably, it's not white, but it's opaque. But I, I need to do some designing. I'll, I'll come better, uh, better prepared with the background. Your background is much better than mine. Well, even the home studio background's better than, but I'm I'm here today in the uh, studios, as you know. So uh, yeah, this is a great background here that we use for uh, the talk of the town. So I'm in the big chair for the big end. Who says hello to you, by the way? The big hey, end. Hey, Henry, does. you're doing well. All right, all right. Let's start. Uh, you you have family from Michigan, so you've always my, yeah my yeah my dad went to Michigan. Okay, yeah. all right. So he graduated. Yeah, so your dad went there. So you. Uh, have always, I guess, just by proxy in a way, kind of paid attention to what goes on at Michigan as far as football goes. And I know you've uh, talked about kind of Harbaugh and where uh, that could be headed. Uh, what do you make of this three-game suspension uh, where he'll miss the ECU game and then two games after that to start the season? And, and what do you make of, it seems to me that the AD was the one who pass this on i don't know if it was negotiated with harbaugh's agent and the ad and the lawyers or if he was just told this was going to be the case but either way this can't sit well with harbaugh and we know he's been trying desperately to get out of there the last couple of years yeah i mean there's a lot of unknowns but my opinion on the situation is from the past when he was forced to take a pay cut from the ad they didn't say it publicly but anybody that happens to you're not going to be happy and it's been reported that him and the AD maybe don't get along, even though they are former teammates. So I think there's a rift there. And as you said, he's been going to the NFL. And if you're interviewing and doing all those those processes to interview for teams, you know, at, at some point, you know, you're going to get one. But also, you're showing yourself that you want to be in the NFL. I just think 
none of those opportunities panned out. That's why he came back to Michigan. And if I were him, I'd be upset because basically the school's giving him a punishment where nothing's been announced. There's no guarantee that he is going to get punished. And next year he may be in the NFL because Michigan has a chance to win the national championship. So I'm sure he's not happy about sitting out three games. I know the fans aren't happy about it. And, I mean, the overwhelming thing is, I mean, I, I don't know what the NCAA is doing now because it seems like, you know, they'll find some issues with some programs. Yeah, but that, but had, that had gone away. The NCAA deal, the, the, the possibility of the NCAA uh, uh, suspension went away, did it not? Well, it went away. It was supposed to be tabled till 24. Okay. So that that's what the word was, that it was going to be tabled till next year. So basically he was going to be free this season and be able to go to every single game. And then this kind of came out of the blue. Which to me says, you know, again, we don't know the details, the inner, the inner workings of it. But to me, that says Michigan's trying to get out in front of it, either because it's going to be worse than they think, or just because they're trying to get, you know, get it done now and not wait till next year to soften the penalty. But I mean, with him, I, he's not going to be happy about this. I mean, I, I would assume he's not pleased that he's going to have to sit out the first three. ESPN Plus. College football analyst Jay Sunolder. Can I announce any of your assignments, or is that forbid? Am I forbidden from doing that? Well, no. We're going to be together this Friday night. No, I'm not. I'm talking about your plus assignments. Yeah, Joker. Yeah, we can talk about it. All right, week we one. Week one on ESPN Plus, uh, assigned by the big uh, network in Bristol. The great Jay Sunholder will be covering. We'll be in Charlotte for South Carolina State versus Charlotte. You get you, oh, you get a little Biff Pogey action. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have his debut down in Charlotte. So that'll be interesting to see. There's been a big offseason down for the 49ers, so uh, it'll be fun to see him that first game, you know, what they look like, and they've got over 40 transfers. So it's going to be a different Charlotte team and, uh, you know, I think a different mentality and a lot coming out of the media days where they were picked last, and he's not happy about that, so – That'll be week one, and then week two is Duquesne at West Virginia. So um, that'll be a fun one going up to West Virginia and, and seeing what the Mountaineers look like. And then this Thursday, coming up a week one, it'll be Tennessee Tech at Furman. So starting off the oh, season. Oh, you got that Thursday one? Night. Yeah, so we'll be Thursday night, Friday night. You and I will be together for high school, and then Saturday down at Charlotte. Next Saturday, a week from Saturday. Or is that a week exactly, one? Yeah. Or is that a week that's, zero? That's week one. Okay. Yeah, it's week All right. one. All right. I didn't know you were doing a, a Furman game this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. Pardon me. I, I, I did, that's, that's the SoCon on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Okay. Be down the SoCon down at Furman. Yeah. Wow. How about that? All right. Uh, Jay Sunholder, he's very busy. And uh, that's right, ladies. We got him on the video feed. So if uh, I expect views of this thing to skyrocket since Sonny is on the video feed, the, the ladies will flock to uh to the to the social media pages uh today uh jay sonhalder is with us he'll also be with me friday myrdctv.com is where you can watch it here in the east on the friday night rivals we will have uh heritage and cleveland and cleveland's been uh, an excellent team the last several years all right let's get into the pirates a little bit here sonny um New quarterback with Mason Garcia reportedly uh, looked really, really sharp in the second scrimmage. Uh, what do you What do you expect out of Garcia? Well, I mean, when you see Mason in person, he looks like an NFL tight end. So the first thing that stands out is how physical he is and what type of athlete he is. And I think when you 
talk to people inside the program, you hear about what a great kid he is. And, and he's had time behind Holton, you know, to get ready for this moment and to prepare for this. And it's his moment now to start off the season at Michigan. It's a tough stretch the first three weeks of the game. But I expect the coaching staff to, you know, have a game plan for him that's going to involve him running the ball. Where's the strength of this team? You know, you look at Shane Calhoun at the tight end position, Jalen Johnson, and then you've got a great running game. So I think this is going to be a offense that we're, we're going to see the Pirates really focus on running the football, play action pass to help out your young quarterback. But I think he's got all the talent in the world. He's got experience from practice and learning from Holton. Now it's just going to be game action that he's going to have to you know prove himself. But I think the coaches are going to make sure they have a good game plan for him. Uh, it's going to be a tough atmosphere at Michigan week one, but I mean, I, I feel good with his preparation and what you see physically. It's just he's going to have to go out there and do it now. Sonny Sunholder is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, he actually has his first uh, college football broadcast of the season Thursday, Tennessee Tech and Furman on ESPN+. Plus. So check it out there. He'll have on a suit. Are you are you suiting up on this, or do they give you a golf shirt since it's 100 degrees? I'm, I'm not sure, but this Friday with you, I'm wearing a collared shirt. A collared shirt? Well, no, I'm not wearing a suit. Oh, okay. I, are you taking a swipe at the fact I've got a performance tee on today? Is no. that Okay. No, I'm saying I'm not wearing a suit when it's 100 degrees. No, why would you? <laughs> Unless you're in a, 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 a with like... Fans with ice in front of them blowing on you. Why would you ever? Yeah. I would never. Not Why? till October. You didn't like. You were always cold during baseball season, and you didn't even want to wear a suit then. But you were always cold. Yeah, little known fact: I get cold easily. So no, it's not a little known fact. Everybody knows this now. The coldest Sonny ever was. He was blue. His lips were blue, and his his complexion was blue. When we had to do a Rose playoff game at Newburn in November one year, and they put us out in the stands because they don't let anybody in their press box. The Yahoos and I had hypothermia by the second quarter. You did not dress appropriately. I knew <laughs> it was going to be very cold that night, so I brought layers to layer up. Sonny had like a, a, a jogging jacket in twenty degree <laughs> temperatures because it got twenty degrees pretty quick. I, I thought you were a frozen popsicle. Uh, the great Sonny Sunholder is with us uh, here. Okay, uh, you mentioned Shane Calhoun. You played the tight end spot. Uh, he is, uh, I think, one of the best in the uh, Americans. So, what uh, he obviously would think would be a, a, a safety valve in a sense for uh, a young quarterback. What do you expect out of him this season? Well, I, I think Mason has all the pieces to succeed. And as a tight end, your job is to control the middle of the field and really be a security blanket for the quarterback. I mean, that that's when I played the position. I felt like I wanted to be the guy that they could rely on to get open or a big target, especially in the red zone, to help out your quarterback. And I think with Calhoun, I mean, I looked at his high school film when he was coming into the program and, and kind of studying him when we were doing a signing day show, and I was just amazed at his talent in high school. And I think he's developed. He's shown a lot of promise. He's had big moments. But this year, it, you know, I, he's going to be the number one, number two option in the passing game with Ryan Jones you know, moving on to the NFL. So I think Calhoun's going to have a big year, but I think especially early on, they need to look for him in that intermediate passing game and really try to highlight him in the passing game because he's got good speed. You can split him out at wide receiver. He can block in line, but he's going to be a guy they need to make sure that Mason and him have a good connection with. 
Sonny Sunhalder is uh, with me here on the Patrick Johnson uh, show today. Jay's going to be with us, uh, looks like Mondays, although I got to talk to you about that schedule, but Mondays uh, might be the day we have uh, Sonny. We'll see. It's an evolving uh, process, but Sonny's agreed to join us uh, weekly, and uh, I'm excited about that. You broke your leg against NC State. Was it on the touchdown you scored? No, it was in it was in the third quarter. Okay, I was going to make you heroic, but you just randomly broke your leg. So you have, heroic. I played the rest of the game. Oh, okay. Well, that is heroic. All right. So you came back from an injury in that situation, uh, and I'm sure there's a little bit of the mental comfort level. Physical's one thing, but the mental. I think Rajay Harris is beyond that, but uh, that's something. That's very real, isn't it? When you're coming back from that kind of injury. It is real, and I think the only way you kind of get past that is truly game action. I mean, a scrimmage a scrimmage where you tackle is going to help it, but once you get into a game-like situation, and if you truly are 100% physically, it's just the mental part, I think it takes a couple games, then he'll be completely fine. But I remember when I, I broke my leg and I tore ligaments in my ankle. It was against NC State, the last regular season game of the year, and I, I was – unable to play in the bowl game. I missed all of spring practice, then, you know, rehab right until camp. So I was ready to go in camp. And I know it's a completely different injury, but I, I didn't feel really 100% till maybe mid-September, later in September, and that's just getting over the mental hurdle and physically being 100%. But I think, you know, Rajay's a tough kid. The rehab's gone great. He's going to go out there and perform, and even if he's not fully 100%, He's going to be close to it, and it's just going to take a little game action, but he's going to be ready to go, and he'll be fine. All right, a couple more things with Jay Sonnelder, who's with us here. I'm going to let you uh, answer the question about uh, realignment. That's a novel concept, but I want to I want to ask you something else. Uh, week zero is right around the corner. You've got a week zero game, so you can give a little plug to that and uh, give us a little bit on, on that matchup, which you can watch on ESPN Plus Thursday. But uh, what other Week Zero games stand out to you? Uh, perhaps the one involving the American team, uh, Navy and Notre Dame from Ireland. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sleepers uh, this weekend, but football's back, so I'm going to watch all of them. Uh, but the only two games that really stick out to me, USC's playing, and they'll blow out. You know, they'll blow out and win huge in their game. But the big game for me is Notre Dame and Navy. So Navy, new coach Brian Newberry's at Navy now, and Coach Ken, you know, was was let go, and I thought he was an amazing coach. Oh, you were a big fan kind of, of his. You were a huge yeah, fan I, of his. I, yeah, I thought that wasn't a good move, but they promoted their defensive coordinator, and, and I thought really highly of him. I actually spoke with him, and I think he's a great guy, a great coach. So he's going to be promoted, and we'll see if they keep that same triple option offense. I know there's word that they may be changing it up a little bit, a new offensive coordinator. But I'm excited to see the new coaching staff go against Notre Dame, and it's in Ireland. So it's going to be a fun setting, you know, college football over at Ireland for week zero. But year two, you know, with Notre Dame uh, and Sam Hartman is going to be the quarterback. So I yeah. want to see how they perform. But really with Navy, with that option offense or what they come out with, that's a tough offense to prepare for. And the opponents, you know, have a tough time when you're in the regular season. Notre Dame's had preseason camp to prepare for it. But I think that's going to be a closer game than people think. Yeah. The other thing, uh, and, and we were talking a little bit about this today, I guess uh, Kennesaw runs that triple option. Uh, Navy, obviously, Army has. There's there's maybe some scuttlebutt in those circles that Army might go to more of a pistol and some of these others that have been running it might go to more of a pistol look. 
Yeah, and that's the word. And I think I think we'll see eventually fewer schools. There's not much running it now, but I think teams are going to go more to a passing look because, A, that's easier to recruit to, and, B, everybody wants to try to go to the NFL. Uh, so I think we're going to see teams do that more often. But there is some word possibly Army moving more to a passing game and some of these other programs tinkering with it or at least adding more passing concepts to their offense. So I think we'll continue to see that evolve. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because there's kind of a fraternity with that triple option and Paul Johnson kind of being the spearhead of it. But, you know, as these coaching staffs get spread out and, you know, also, too, these guys, you know, you don't want to be labeled as a triple option coach. You know, you want to be able to coach different schemes. So I think we're going to continue to see those offenses kind of either change, evolve, or or eventually disintegrate. Always anonymous text line. Sonny is just the freaking best. That's your guy Spence from over in Kinston that you know. Keith. We love Keith. Yeah, good guy there. I called him out even though it's the always anonymous text line. I called him out. Thanks, Keith. Uh, Real quick, Sonny, uh, obviously you grew up in Southern California. You know the importance of uh, UCLA and USC to the college landscape on the West Coast. Um, And they're now moving to the Big Ten. Some Big Ten coaches that I've talked to in the spring in those sports actually were kind of in favor of the move and liked it, thought it would raise the profile of baseball and uh, and softball for the the Big Ten. Uh, What do you uh, make of... You know, just this whole um, this this whole musical chairs with uh, conference realignment and Stanford and Cal being uh, kind of out there on an island right now, along with the two others from the now Pac Four. Um, I mean, you were a student athlete. Football's a little different than the rest of the sports, but you're involved in calling the rest of the sports as well. So, I mean, just just give me your your take on this whole thing and where do you think eventually it's heading. Yeah, well, I mean, we could, we could talk all day about it. I mean, so much has changed. Who would have expected this four years ago? Um, I think there's a lot of levels to it. Like, when you look at college football, NIL has completely changed the landscape. And with these conferences realignment, you know, it's all about power, you know, as far as grouping with the best conference, TV contracts, and, and you know, best situation money-wise. And, you know, I think that's uh, – you know, something always of great importance, but it's just kind of sad. You're not going to have those old rivalries. And, you know, really when you look at the student athlete part, this is turning into a full, full-time full business, which we always kind of knew. But, I mean, for these other sports besides football, I mean, these, these kids are maybe traveling cross-country multiple times a year, um, and, and that affects your school. <laughs> so right. it's on the students, it's not, you know, it's turning into a business. I think – for the viewers and the fans, I think it's going to be exciting because you're going to have matchups, you know, Michigan versus USC, Ohio State, UCLA, you know, new, there's going to be new matchups, Oregon going to Penn State. And I think that's exciting. I think it's going to take some time to get used to. But I think as a viewer, as a fan, there's a lot of exciting parts to it. You're just going to miss kind of the way it used to be. But college football is never going to be the way it used to be anymore. And, and you know, it's it's one of those deals where it's kind of sad what it's turned into in a way, but you have to embrace the positives to it. I just think it's going to be a big – there's going to be a big effect on, on the, the students and, and the travel and, and, you know, what's going to go into their, their week and their preparation for a game, but also getting back and forth to games, not just with football but other sports as well. Jay Sunholder uh, with us. Sonny, if, if uh, they had an IL when you were playing – uh, I think you would have maybe had like a, a juice or a smoothie restaurant <laughs> or, or establishment 
on your NIL and uh, maybe a gym. And (laughs) so, but what downtown establishment would have maybe been on the Sunny Express as far as NIL? Are you talking about late night downtown? Yeah, late night downtown. Well, I mean, I think everybody that went to ECU is, is, you know, a fan of of Fifth Street, 519, still life. So I, I would have taken on all all opportunities with those bars <laughs> and you have taken on a lot of opportunities late night in the, no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i, I want to make that sure. was after that was after football though i was i was locked in i was focused. you were locked in during football you during were football, locked yeah. in during football it was after it i was, would have been excited about food opportunities that's why i would have been excited oh okay about. you'd have been it's free food i understand uh, free food yeah. is good food. All right, Jay Sunalder, lengthy chat with him today, but it's always good. Check him out Thursday on ESPN Plus, 7 o'clock? So, uh, 7 o'clock, yep. yep. Next, Sef- next Thursday. Next oh, Thursday. next Thursday. All right, yeah. my boss, next I thought Thursday. it was this Thursday. This Friday, I'm with you. Okay, well, we'll start there. This Friday, Sunny yep. can be seen at uh, myrdctv.com slash sports. Uh, we'll be on the Friday Night Rivals TV package for several weeks. And then uh, the Sundog has a busy week next week. He's got a Thursday football game, uh, week one, ESPN Plus, Tennessee Tech, and Furman, 7 o'clock. Then back with uh, me schlepping it on the Friday Night Rivals. And then off to Charlotte Saturday for uh, exciting 49er football action as they take on South Carolina State, the Biff Pogey, Pogey era. All right, uh, good stuff, uh, Sonny. We'll uh, we'll. T- I'm sure I'll talk to you here uh, tonight, probably. But uh, we'll talk yep, to you soon. I'll see you later. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Great there job. he is, the great Sonny Sunholder. Uh, we break. We come back, and uh, we'll have our interview with Donnie Kirkpatrick from ECU Media Day. Maybe if time allows, the Alex Flynn interview that we didn't get to yesterday. But uh, Donnie K. When we get back, right after this. We are. We are. We are. Riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's showtime. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, back for the uh, last 20 minutes of the uh, show. Uh, we have our, or we had on Saturday, a uh, great show. It was our ECU preseason media day uh, show. And uh, yesterday we uh, re-aired our one-on-one interview, exclusive one-on-one interview with uh, Coach Houston from uh, that event. Uh, We also uh, got some of the other interviews yesterday, Mason Garcia and Jeremy Lewis. Uh, Today we're going to play Donnie Kirkpatrick. And if time allows, we'll hear some from Alex Flynn, the uh, quarterback that's been in competition with Mason Garcia for the uh, starting position. But let's uh, go to Pirate Offensive Coordinator, Donnie Kirkpatrick from our ECU Media Day extravaganza, which you can hear the podcast of right now on the IBX Media app. Great to see you. How are you? Well, it's great to be seen, and I'm I'm pretty good in that it's Saturday. Camp's getting ready to break, and you know I love camp because camp's just football. It's just ball all day. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't even have to dress up. You can just wear shorts <laughs> and your T-shirt yeah. You know, all day because all you're doing to do is see players and stuff like that. So that's really one of my favorite times of the year, and it's just you're just coaching. You're getting better every day. But I will say, just like with anything, you do eventually start to get into that rut, and you're ready for a change. And so just about Thursday, Friday, I guess, I was kind of like, all right, excited about the scrimmage here Saturday because I really want to see how we've grown, how we improve. And we were going to challenge the team with some situations. But I said, 
I really am about ready for us to start playing somebody else. You know, uh, I'm tired of being mad at the defense. Going to start cheering. <laughs> you're going to start cheering right. for the defense because right. you, you like those guys. You just don't like them much during camp sometimes. And you know, you're just kind of ready to start getting into the season and that routine and the excitement of college football being back. So that's where I'm at. Pirate offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick is with us. Mason Garcia, uh, according to Coach Houston, looked really good today. From your perspective. How do you had, think he played? He, he had one of his better days, that's for sure. And and I thought last Saturday he did some really good things. Uh, didn't do as good as I wanted him to do. Didn't do as good as he wanted to do because we have a really, really high standard. But today he, he was lights out throwing the football and making his reads. And, uh, you know, if it had been a real game, I think he would have had some yards rushing out there too. So I was very pleased where he took his game in one week. Uh, you know, from last week to this week uh, to a different level. Got some speed at receiver. Coach was telling me a little bit about that off air. Uh, and, uh, well, talk about that. I want to ask you about Patterson, too, uh, Jari Patterson. Yeah. That was a nice uh, moment today. But just that receiving room right now, you know, that was the other quite got the new quarterback. Who's he going to throw to? So, well, you know, but here's the, the beauty of this. This is East Carolina's wide receiver university. I've always felt like that. You know, I was here for 11 years as the receiver coach and was fortunate enough just to have a ton of players, and they just kept coming. And every time one guy would do something, the other guy would come and try to, you know, would top that. And so, you know, we, we've been the same way. Pro left, Sneed came, stepped it up. Sneed left early. You know, CJ, Isaiah came in. We've kept rolling. So I was concerned maybe we'd lost too many right. too quickly this year. Now, you're right. You don't have a veteran quarterback to lead that group and to know and, and, and help them. But what Coach is saying is, I, I believe, to be true. We've gotten faster, and that is something that we wanted to do. We wanted to find a way to get more speed, to get the ball down the field, get more big plays. And we were like, I don't know, the top 17th in the country in, in explosive plays, maybe higher than that, I think. We might have been seventh. So we had a lot of big plays. Now, we had that little back, kind of, I don't remember his name now, but, but used to run a long way with him sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So that helped a lot of those situations. Well, you got some backs. To, uh, but we do. Yeah. But we're well, faster at wide out, and yet we still are just as big out there too so recruiting's going well we, we have a good place uh it's an easy sale here if we can get them to come to it you know they're always amazed when they get here that they don't believe it could be like that uh the portal's been bad to us it's been good to us it's been good to us at receiver though mm -hmm. you know because we have a reputation of right. you know being a top 25 passing team in the country we have a reputation we got good quarterbacks here we've had good receivers so those guys are interested in in, in coming here so we've, we've replenished a little bit through the portal and then some guys like Josiah Hatfield who have always always had big plays and big games just has ready to have a good one and then these new guys have come in and really pushed them. Donnie Kirkpatrick is here he's just talking about Josiah Hatfield and the uh, way that uh, he expects him to step up. Jalen Johnson kind of came on near the end too and before we uh, well, I tell you here comes coach uh, Harold we want to talk to him Real quick, the running back, just a couple words right. in that room. Well, the running back room, I think it's good to have Raji back. We held him today just because he's played a lot, and it really wasn't a scrimmage for, for guys like that. We wanted to see Marley. We wanted to see Javius Bond and, and Gerald Green. Uh, Camaro Edmonds has had a really, really good camp. That room's deep. We feel good about that because, you know, nobody takes more pounding than the running backs do. So you got to have those guys. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to drop off very much there. Donnie, good to see you. Thank you. Always good to be seen. Thank you guys for coming to see us. Yeah, absolutely. All There's right. offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. And that was from our Media Day uh, program, which you can uh, relive in podcast form under the Patrick Johnson Show tab on the IBX Media app. Uh, we also spoke with Alex Flynn.
East Carolina uh, quarterback, and uh, they sent him over to us. So we uh, talked to Alex Flynn on Saturday. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming over. We, we appreciate it. Uh, you've been competing for the quarterback spot with Mason Garcia. I've heard you've looked uh, fantastic in the spring and have had a really good uh, camp. So just give us an assessment of how it's been. Yeah, camp has um, went well so far. Um, I think we started off, you know, as you would think with um, new offensive um, personnel, I guess, um, in the beginning of camp. But as camp has went on and after our second scrimmage today, I think the offenses really uh, performed well, for sure. Alex, in um, last year, you, according to Coach Houston and the other coaches, kind of dedicated yourself really to, to, to football at the college level. What was the big aha moment or, or what, what was the turning point for you? You know, I think, I think it's always been, um, I know, big for me, obviously, playing uh, football in college. But um, I don't know. I think – I think true to when people say that for um, in college and, and especially in the high the higher levels, I think um, people or players, I think it just clicks for them at some point. And I think for me, um, really last fall, I think was whenever it really clicked for me. And um, you know, I was the game slowed down. So you could, I guess, see or felt as you said, the game slowed down. So for, for you, it just it was a comfort level. Mm-hmm. And I think when the game slows down and it kind of clicks a little bit, I think the confidence builds. And for me, especially for me, I think whenever my confidence level is, is high, I think my performance level is also high. Uh, Alex Flynn is uh, with us here as uh, he has uh, been in the quarterback battle with Mason Garcia. What about Mason Garcia has impressed you? you know, Mason has is, you know, you look at him and he's, you know, six, five and jacked and yeah he's hey, um, slimmed down to some oh yeah no he's and he moves well um but what impresses me most is just how he throws the ball and um you know the throws that he makes and in those tight windows it is um you know special to see for sure you know i, I think uh it's been described to me by joe sampson football uh, joey mm-hmm. football as we call him that you have a game that is uh you know, very similar to that of, of Holt Naylor's in his opinion. So how much did Holton teach you during your time here? I think Holton had a lot to do with, you know, getting to that comfort level and the um and having it click for me because I was able to see, like I said before, the how the game slowed down. And I think he just watching him and watching how he conducted himself in the huddle and um you know, how he controls the offense and he takes what he gives what the defense gives you and um, also looks at the defense and sees how they they roll and you know, different uh, tips that will give you, you know, what the defense is going to give you. If that makes sense. You played uh, at, if we talk about athletics in the state of North Carolina, like high school athletic mm-hmm. programs, Reynolds has a huge reputation, big oh, yeah. tradition. Mm-hmm. So you, you've obviously played kind of a high profile situation before. Cause I mean, that really is a big, important uh, you know, high school program. So mm-hmm. coming from that part of the state, this part of the state, what has stood out? Well, honestly, whenever I was in high school, I really only knew the uh, western part of the state. But coming over to the uh, eastern part now, um, I've become more comfortable with the high schools around here. And I think it just shows you that the whole state of North Carolina, um, high school football is important to them. Yeah. Uh, really quick, um, 
who uh, has stood out to you position wise, receiver wise? I know Patterson got uh, on the full ride today, which was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, Jari Patterson. How about uh, you know running backs? Anybody that's really stood out you thought's had an excellent camp? Yeah, well, Rajay has come back and he looks really good. Um, you know, Javius Bond is looks really he really can fly, good. Can he? Oh yeah, he can <laughs> for sure. It's hard to tackle him too. Yeah. Um, Gerald Green is also running hard. Um, Josiah Hatfield out at wideout. He's um, so fast. Um, Kerry King is out there. Um, yeah, uh, really. Uh, Brock Spalding mm-hmm. also too. Mm-hmm. Brock Spalding for sure. Jalen Johnson, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good to see you. Thank yes, you sir. for coming by, and uh, good luck this season. Yeah. And we'll Thank talk you. to you soon. I appreciate it. All right, there he is. Uh, that is uh, Alex Flynn, great young man, a really intelligent young man going for his MBA and uh, wants to go to med school, so a real, real intelligent guy. And, uh, you know, I, I think we may see some of Alex Flynn possibly at some point this uh, season. I really do, if, if indeed Garcia is the starter, which we all uh, kind of believe he is. So, uh, But I think Alex Flynn could play a role at some point uh this season uh, for the Pirates, and he, and he has been dynamite really uh, since last year and had a great spring and has had a really solid camp as well. Okay, uh, time out, and when we come back, we'll uh, set the table for tomorrow, set the table for the rest of the week, and more on the Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back. Wrapping up things here for a uh, busy Tuesday. Thanks to Sonny Sunholder for popping in. And uh, thanks to our guys who put together the uh, Media Day content. Uh, everybody that helped us on that program Saturday, big uh, props to uh, them. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. He's uh, producing today. And uh, thanks as well to uh, intern Jermon for uh, being here today. And uh, uh Listening to Philip Pilkington because he's a bit of a chatty Cathy, as we all know. So uh, there you go. You know, yeah, I do love to talk. I'll admit it. That's that's yeah. one of my big uh, things. That big uh, flaws. Coming up tomorrow, uh, hoist the colors. Uh, Stephen Igo's going to have. Uh, I think I have. Well, I, I shouldn't say who he's going to have because I, I forget if Igo told me he was coming in tomorrow or later this week. But uh, I, well, Igo's going to have a great show. That's all you need to know. Then he have Donnie Kirkpatrick tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, going to have uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick on tomorrow as well as uh, Clay Walker from okay. Clay Fly. I didn't know if Clay Fly, uh, Clay Fly. I didn't know if uh, Clay was coming in for Play Fly tomorrow or another day. So, uh, Donnie K and Clay Walker tomorrow on Hoist the Colors. Wow. We're going to have uh, Coach Augustine, the uh, Adler Augustine with uh, ECU Volleyball on the program tomorrow. And uh, might talk to Brian Mall. We'll see. I think we want to play. Uh, we'll have some audio, too, from the press conference. It's about to start a little post-practice with the uh, coordinators uh, as well in our pirate report. Back in the morning on Talk of the Town. See you then. Perhaps here from the studio. 96.3, And big thanks. Uh, or we'll see you back here tomorrow, I should say, for the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm ready to take the earpiece off and jet. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.